Stop the Press demo. Two for one tickets to the Wellness Summit are open. After not one, not two, but three salad events, Marcus, the Wellness Summit returns to Melbourne in 2016 for two days of powerhouse wellness with your favourite wellness couch host and Australia's wellness elite. Join us at the Melbourne Convention and Exhibition Centre on September 10 and 11 for an inspirational, educational, fun, exciting, sensational cocktail of wellness that promises to help you take your life to the next level. Now, two-for-one tickets to the summit are extremely limited and won't be available for long, so make sure you go to www.thewellnesssummit.com right now and get in whilst you can. This will be the biggest summit on record, folks. You'll see a 1,000 people there. You do not want to miss this one. Pop the date to the diary and see you there. Thewellnesscoach.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to The Healthy Shift Worker with your host, Audra Starkey. Hello and welcome to the Healthy Shift Worker podcast. My name is Audra Starkey and I'm here to help you to manage some of the toughest challenges we face whilst working 24-7. Today's topic is all about 12-hour shifts, night shifts and working in the mining industry, which I'm sure a lot of our listeners will be able to relate to. And to talk more about this really important topic, I've got the lovely Kristen Plint from Mackay as our guest speaker today. Kristen is very familiar with working 24-7 as she currently works 12-hour shifts, including night shifts, loading ships out of Mackay for a mining company. She's also the only female, which makes for an interesting experience in a very male-dominated industry. And when she's not at work, Kristen is usually off travelling somewhere, having travelled to many off-the-beaten-track destinations around the globe. And she's also a very proactive animal and environmental activist, which we'll also hear more about shortly, as she gets ready to embark on the Trans-Borneo Challenge to help raise money for the Orangutan Project, an organisation which is helping to raise a global awareness on the plight of the orangutans. So to tell us more about these 12-hour shifts, night shifts and working in the mining industry, I'd love to give a warm, healthy shift worker welcome to Kristen. Hi, thank you. Thanks for having me and thanks for such a lovely introduction. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Thanks so much for joining us this morning, Kristen, because I know you've worked a few night shifts over the weekend and um, just I'm very grateful that you're here. But I believe you've had your coffee. Is that right? Yes, uh, definitely. I've already had a couple of coffees today, being oh, a too. typical shift worker. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't blame me. Don't blame you at all. Um, yeah, so this is great. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to hearing your shift working journey, Kristen, for a number of reasons. And I guess the first one is whilst I've worked many a 12-hour shift or more in my time, I can't imagine doing them day in and day out, particularly when many of them involve night shifts. And B, that you're the only female on shift. I mean, that's that's just really unique. That's quite an amazing situation. So, yeah. But, um, all right, so just to kick off the interview, I'm really curious to hear all about your shift working journey, uh, Kristen. So things like when you started working 24-7, how many years you've been working as a shift worker, all those juicy bits. Oh, okay. Well, um, I sort of kind of fell into the mining industry a little bit. I went with my brother-in-law he asked me if I'd go for a drive help him drive his car over from Townsville to Port Hedland which I you know jumped in the car and went for a drive and ended up staying in Port Hedland for about 18 months so um and then when I got there it was this big dusty hot town and the mines in the center of the town and I remember looking down the street one day and seeing this big giant building like thing moving down the end of the road and I was like what is that 
And my brother-in-law saying, that's, that's a ship. That's the bridge of a ship. And they're just giants of the ocean. They're 300 metres long and take up to 200 tonnes of cargo and just these massive machines loading them. And um, it, it's a very rough environment, but I think most people just get drawn into it as well. So, um, yeah, I, I, I got was lucky enough to get sort of put on. I had to do some really dodgy jobs just to show that I was really interested in being there and um, and willing to work hard and give it a crack. I'd, um, I think there's a perception that it's very easy to walk into mining uh, jobs. It's not always true. There's a lot of people out there after those jobs and, and it's there's also the perception that women can just walk into jobs and that's also not, not always the case. Um, uh, but when I finally started doing shift work, that was a real... That was a real eye-opener for me. I made probably every mistake imaginable for the first, <laughs> the first job I ever had. So I, um, I was working a four-on, four-off roster, 12-and-a-half-hour shifts. So I'd do four day shifts, four days off, four night shifts, and living in a share house with a lot of people because it was expensive living in the town. We didn't get housing. And, and also a bit younger, so everyone, all of those people in the house, and myself included, liked to, to probably push our bodies a bit too hard, party a little bit too hard, and I sort of tried to make up for that fact with way too many, like, Red Bulls and junk food and my poor body. I'd come home from night shift and would just be completely wired. Like, my, my brain was so tired and I was so tired but my body was just jittery, like, just... Oh, it's a straight. I, I, I think most shift workers have encountered that at some stage, but it was the most horrible feeling. And I think one round I was awake for about 56 hours and got about three hours sleep before my next night shift. And I really made sure that I would never do that to my body again because it was the most disjointed, edgy, horrible feeling. And yeah. Um, wow. So it's been, yeah, it's been a learning curve. I think there's uh, you, people quite often just get thrown into these shift working jobs and unless you've actually done it yourself, you don't realise just how hard it is on your bodies. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally, totally agree with that, Kristen. Wow, 56 hours. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was a nightmare. Like, it was such a strange feeling. I really only got about three hours sleep before the last, before that, you know, next night shift. Yeah. But I was wired like anything. Like my, um, I don't know what my poor brain was going through. <laughs> it has enough challenges. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Wow, that's um, that's amazing. So when you when you first started your shift working job, Kristen, did they they didn't give you any, I guess, training, any uh, sort of heads up or you know what it's going to be like? You had yeah. any idea? Not really. Mm. It's just like here's your here it is. Um, I think things have changed now. Like I've had, they do. Um, Quite often they'll hold like a, a training day and, and, and they'll get people people in. But it's still, you know, um, it's still something a lot of people struggle with. So mm. it's something you witness all the time. Some people, uh, they say that they're born for it and I don't know how. <laughs> and then there's other people that really struggle. Like I see people at work that sort of get by on, you know, two, two or three hours and if, if they're lucky or and 
yeah, it definitely puts a lot of strain on the body. I'm, I've got quite a good little routine now, but it's just usually my first night shift. That's the really hard one for me. But I've also got a very good roster these days. It was good enough for me to pack up my little old bomb of a car and drive across back across the top of the country again um, to move back to Mackay from WA4 just because it was going to be a much better roster for me and for my health. Yeah, oh, that's good. That's good that you've recognised it because it definitely, I mean, rosters play such a huge influence on our overall well-being. I think you would probably agree. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, I, I, it was it was a tough call because, like, if I was to look at it on paper, it was going to be uh, probably up to a $30,000 difference in pay. Mm-hmm. But then if I looked at it into just how much of a better life it was going to give me, then it was just off the charts. So... I'm, I'm really glad. It was a, probably one of the better decisions I've made. Yeah, that's great. Excellent. And I believe you've got a lovely view at the moment. You're looking out at the ocean. Is that right? Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> I can actually see some ships off in the distance. Oh. Just a nice little reminder about work for tonight. Wow. <laughs> that's really funny. funny. I'm not too hard done by it all. <laughs> um, I guess so in relation to the job that you're doing now, Kristen, um, and being the only female on shift. Did you know that when you joined that that was going to be the case? Uh, there's, we do have a couple of girls on some other shifts. So I think there's, there might okay. be about four or five at the moment now, but you're okay. talking about that many in up to, a, you know, nearly 100 people sort of thing. Right. Um, I'm the only one on my shift, which, yeah, sometimes you just wish you had someone to turn, turn to that would just kind of get it from a female's perspective. I think I lost you there for a little bit, Kristen. Sorry, do you mind just repeating what you just said? <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I was just saying that uh, um, it's just—it's not too bad being being on on shift. The only the honor the only females there, but I think just at times when when you are really struggling, when you're really tired, when things aren't quite going right, it's a little bit challenging not having a. Um, a female's perspective, someone that can kind of get it from your point of view because all of these guys, I think sometimes um, they don't quite understand, maybe quite understand where you're coming from. So yeah. that's, that's not, not, nothing wrong with them. That's just the we're very, very different creatures and it's can become very apparent on night shift. <laughs> ah, oh, isn't that such a true statement? Never a true statement. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love that. So you don't actually have to use any heavy machinery or anything like that? Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. um, well, it, it, it's still, it's, it's operating very, very big machinery, but most of everything I operate is all fixed plant. So unloading the the trains and um using the big srs so they stack out the the coal and then dig it back up again and then the shiploader the shiploader is quite a massive machine so um it's i wouldn't know how many stories tall they're giants but um then they're, they're pretty good fun fun to operate a little bit intimidating mm. but um yeah it sort of depends on the ship and the day and what's going on how much pressure you're under. Cool. Sounds fascinating. I'd love to mm. come up and watch you for a day, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll come and talk to our guys on site. Yeah. About... 
putting down the junk food. <laughs> oh, I'd love to. I'd love to. Um, all right. So what um, working these sorts of ships, as you you know, as we both know, they certainly um, take a massive toll on our health and well-being. How do you keep yourself healthy? You said right at the beginning when you were living back in Port Hedland that you lived on Red Bulls and junk food. So what are you doing now? Oh, well, you know, I still have a lot of room for improvement. I think my downfalls at the moment is probably I don't don't get as much exercise as I need to. Um, but it was also a good lesson for me to listen to my body when it really wants that little bit of extra sleep and and having that as well. Um, I definitely wouldn't touch. I, I, I've cleaned up a lot of the junk over the recent years. So, uh, I get quite a few strange looks at work when I've got my fruit juice, uh, my vegetable juice or smoothie, um, or just, uh, they pretty much, <laughs> the boys pretty much screw their nose up at anything I bring in <laughs> a lot of raised eyebrows, but, um, I, yeah, definitely went from all of that awful Red Bull and um, lollies and I wouldn't I wouldn't touch any of that now. I didn't like how it made my body feel. I still have coffee and um, but I try to really limit that as well. Um, especially after after, you know, two o'clock. So you know, you know, I gotta go home and sleep. So I'll sort of um, if I know I'm gonna struggle, I just take my little thermos out with me and I sort of just have a sip when I need it rather than drinking a full big cup of coffee. So I'm not quite as wired when I go home. Yeah. And um, I use a lot of essential oils both to pick me up and to wind me down as well. And I find they're brilliant for when I come home after night shift. I'll, I'll put a little blend on in the diffuser and I put a little drop on my pillow and someone maybe underneath my feet or something like that. And since I've been using essential oils, they – they really help me wind down and, and especially, you know, just um, at 2 o'clock in the morning and stuff like that just to have a little pick-me-up. They're, they're brilliant. So that's my little secret um, potions. <laughs> love it, love it. So what, what um, I guess we can give the, the brand of these uh, essential oils a bit of a plug. Who, which ones do you use? I use uh, 28, so they're a really beautiful Australian-owned brand um, created by Kim Morrison, and I was lucky enough to study a course under her last year. So she's got a HLE program, Healthy Lifestyle program, basically, and it's about cutting out all the chemicals mm. and, um, yeah, using essential oils. And that's I learned so much from that and really t- took a lot on board and, it's it's really helped me in my work since then. Fantastic! And how do the how do the guys go with you spraying these smelly stuff around the, the workplace? <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, I don't know how some of them handle it. Like I am always doused in these oils, and I think some some of them actually have taken a little bit on board and use it a little bit. Um, wow! That they're all a little bit too ashamed. Like it's it's don't you dare tell anyone, but. <laughs> But I think everyone's, it's great when people are open-minded to finding other solutions to help them sleep or unwind and um, especially because there's a lot, still a few people that use, you know, might take some sleeping tablets or something like that. And, and I did that in the past and that was just such a stupid thing to do. But I'm very, you know, 
I, I think only two or three times, but <laughs> <laughs> when I was really desperate for that sleep. Mm. And, but, um, yeah, they're, they're pretty good, the boys. I, um, yeah, I don't, don't know how. They call it my mosquito repellent. I'm like, oh, the mosquito <laughs> repellent's a bit strong today. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. Well, I guess that leads into my next question, actually. What's been the biggest lesson you've learned about working in a male-dominated industry? Uh, it's it's always on, ongoing. Um, I know it's, 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 I'm probably a bit of a just as difficult to deal with for, for them as, you know, they are for me at times because I tend to get on my high horse a little bit and I'm very vocal if something upsets me and... Um, yeah, so I, I the, it's a bit like a tennis match for the boys sometimes. If someone takes me on and I just, I have a bad tendency of uh, not always walking away from every argument I'm invited to. I stand <laughs> around a little bit and it's definitely, um, I think I was, I was a real pushover before I started working in mining and then it was either stand up for yourself or just be walked all over. So um, I've definitely become a lot tougher because of it and I'm kind of proud of that. But, mm. yeah, I'm just trying to find a nice balance where it doesn't make me too hard as well because, yeah, <laughs> and, oh, my goodness, I've got to do something about my potty mouth. It's so bad. <laughs> I can't believe you've just admitted that on the podcast. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, so I guess – in saying that, then what keeps you there? Like, because it must be really tough. It is. It, it is tough. Um, and like I said, I butt heads a little bit, and, and some of the boys make it a little bit of a sport to to wind me up. And but usually, it's it's pretty enjoyable. A lot of them are really good guys, and it's it's surprising. Um, I think the ones that you would least expect, like to find this camaraderie with, and other ones I get along with the most. These. Like one of these guys, he's been there longer than I've been alive and he's this gruff old thing that talks, you know, with a r- 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 really deep voice and, and, you know, we talk about cooking. <laughs> no one would ever guess that. But um, so there is some some unique little friendships there and, and that certainly helps. And also if I'm going to put, you know, it, it, it definitely working in mining you work these really big hours and you're, you're going to work the public holidays and um, miss on your Christmas and stuff, but you get rewarded for that as well. So um, for me, if I'm going to be, I'm a little travel bug and like I love seeing the world. So if I'm going to be uh, doing this adult thing and working a job and stuff, <laughs> then I want to get the best reward for my, my time spent. And this is, this is really good. My job's fantastic for that. Mm, I think you made a really, really good point. I think people who have never really worked shift work before don't understand that and can't relate that relate to that. And, um, yeah, we do spend a lot of t- um, time away from our family and friends when everyone else is, you know, enjoying these public holidays and weekends, etc. Um, and I think that it's, it is important that we do get financially compensated for that. Oh, definitely. And there's nothing worse when someone goes, oh, I know how you feel. Like I had the biggest night the other night, didn't get home <laughs> until dawn. And I'm like, no, no, no. Well, get up and do it again and then again. And, um, but instead of being out with all your friends and drinking alcohol, just be in like some harshly lit environment that's 
can be quite boring and repetitive and then see how you go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Mm. absolutely. All right. So I'm actually going to change the subject a little bit now and and talk more about your passion for animals, um, Kristen, and the environment. And as you just said, um, you are definitely a real adventurer, traveling to a lot of obscure destinations off the beaten track. And when we met up at a conference recently, I learnt that you were about to undertake the Trans-Borneo Challenge to help raise an awareness on the plight of the orangutans. Can you tell us more about that? Like what made you decide to do such a thing? What's involved? Yeah, um, well, it's, I'm pretty excited to be going on it, to be honest. It's going to be a 25-day trek from east to west Borneo and some pretty trekking through some pretty dense jungles, so about nine days of that. You can't access it unless you're on foot alone and um, all of the beautiful and not maybe, you know, a little bit creepy creatures that are in amongst it all. Um, So it's just really to raise awareness for what's happening over there. Uh, I think a lot of people don't realise that a lot of the choices we make here and um, with our personal items, our food, and, and that's kind of leading to the problem with the destruction of the palm oil. They're clearing up to 300 football fields an hour to put more palm oil plantations in. And this is beautiful, pristine, first-generation rainforest. And, you know, I think one day we're going to have our grandchildren look at us and just you know, we're going to have these so many creatures that have gone extinct for just for our, our convenience factor over here in Australia and other Western countries. And they're going to ask us why and what we did to stop it and, I want to make sure I, I can say that I, I did everything I could. Wow. That's, um, sorry, 300 hectares. Football an, fields. Oh, football fields an hour. That's, yeah, that's incomprehensible. Um, yeah, and, you know, just so the reason why the orangutans are sort of the um, the reason we're raising awareness, it's not because we're favouring one creature over another. It's because... Uh, orangutans, uh, they they live mo- their lives fairly solo and isolated and they're an arboreal creature so they live their lives in the trees and so one, one orangutan requires quite a lot of forest just for himself alone. So if you can save the orangutans then, and provide enough land for them to live in, then you're providing trees for the birds and jungle for the tigers and, and every other creature and plant that lives underneath it so that's that's why it's the beautiful face for this cause mm, that's yeah wonderful not to mention you know the trees are providing us oxygen exactly, exactly. <laughs> no. so, yeah. i love that if only provided wi-fi would be like planting them yeah. <laughs> only provides the air that we breathe yes that's yeah fairly important definitely <laughs> i've actually just got a map of borneo here um because i'm just looking at it like my husband and I went many, many years ago and um, visited Borneo and went up to Sandakan, I think it's pronounced, um, to see the orangutans there. Oh wow! Yeah, that was a lot. That was a long time ago, and and I must admit, I was very much a tourist. Um, so you've certainly opened my eyes to a lot of things since you know having a bit of a chat to you. Um, but I'm looking at the actual um, you know landmass itself. So like. Where are you going? Did you say from east to west? From yeah, on the Indonesian side. So it's actually the third largest island on Earth, I believe. It is massive. So um, I can't remember the names of these towns that we're going from. Okay. 
Um, sorry. Yeah, no, that's fine. <laughs> I can that's never okay. pronounce them anyway. Yeah, good point. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so oh gosh, yeah, it'll be on the on the Indonesian side. I think it's going to be up to nine hundred miles. Wow. Or traveling, so a lot of it will be on little boats and, and jeeps and. Um, and then into the into the dense jungle. So we'll be seeing, unfortunately, a lot of the land. It's going to be a bit of a heartbreaking trip because a lot of the land that's just been recently burnt for palm oil plantations to go in. So the major issue is deforestation and, and then you've got to drill into the root causes, which is mining and palm oil plantations and, and everything else. So it's a bit of a conflicting one because it's very easy to probably jump on and blame the little Indonesian farmer that's trying to get ahead for his family. But um, if we, we're providing the, the market for it. So we're, we've all, we're all bear the burden of what's happening over there. Mm. Well, I certainly take my hat off to you, Kristen, because, um, it, you know, it certainly sounds like it's going to be a very challenging and gruelling trek. And, you know, the fact that you're doing this for the environment and for the animals, it's it's just wonderful. We certainly need more people uh, out there doing what you're doing. And um, I, I certainly couldn't imagine myself. I'm a little bit... Um, I guess, sensitive to that type of thing. My husband struggles to get me to just go camping for one night. So oh, I think I think it's, it is, it's, it's absolutely amazing what you're doing. But, I mean, because it's going to be so tough, like what sort of training are you doing to help prepare oh, you for this I'm, around your shift working job? I mean, my goodness. I know. I really need to get my act together there yeah. and stuff. Start getting getting fit. I think I need to get out on my beach there with a lot of weights in my backpack or something like that. So um, definitely something I need to do and <laughs> I need to get started because already this year is starting to fly by. I think the challenge will be also I've, uh, I eat quite healthy now and I don't know what it'll be like on the trail there. So I don't know what I can actually take with me to sort of like mm, – supplement whatever they're going to feed me i might have to take some chia seeds or something <laughs> some are like some are changing habits for in powder or or, or whatever because oh, that's a good idea mm. yeah no, that's that's also how to keep myself healthy and i'll be the best smelling person in the forest <laughs> covered in my oils oh no doubt about that i'm sure <laughs> absolutely yeah. so when when does this trek actually begin August. Okay, so you've got a few months to... I know, but I've got to keep on it. <laughs> I'm tempted to let someone move in. They can live there, live here for free, but just tell me to get off the couch and go and get fit. Oh, lovely. Oh, okay. Like you have your own personal trainer moving in with you, yeah, that type of thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Love it. Just to help keep, keep me on path and be a bit more disciplined. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good idea. Good idea. Very good. Excellent. Well, I guess in closing, um, is there anything else about working in the mining industry or, the, you know, the Trans-Borneo Challenge that we haven't covered that you'd like to add? Um, no, I think we, we've pretty much yeah. pretty much covered it all. Um, yeah. Well, you could always, you know, there's so much to be said about, about shift work. But, yeah, I think the best biggest takeaway is just to listen to your body and be kind to it and, Stay away from all those artificial, like stimulants, and and um, yeah, and under try not to push yourself too hard sometimes, which is which is a bit of a challenge in itself because you've got to find find that fine line between doing your job as best as you can, but also you know 
and try not to destroy your body in the process. Mm, a bit of self-care. Yeah, mm. yeah. So if you need, if it's if it's a couple of days even after you've finished your, your round of shifts and you're feeling that little bit worn out still, go and take that nap and not feel guilty about it. Love it. All, all of the chores around the house will still be waiting for you when you wake up. I love it. Love it, Kristen. That's um, that's a really good piece of advice that I think um, I think our listeners will be very relieved to hear you to say that. You've basically said it's all right to have a nap. So, um, yeah. yeah, that's there. You have it, people. Kristen's just given us the go ahead that it's it's okay to have a nap. <laughs> so, yeah, that's awesome. All right. So, how can people find um, find you if they're wanting to learn more about this Trans Borneo Challenge and and where they can go to help support you? Oh, okay. Um, so my personal one, it's th- the, the fundraising page is through justgiving.com and then it's just forward slash uh, Kristen, C-H-R-S-T-I-N dash T-B-C. And um, yeah, I'm all, you'll track me down on Facebook or, or whatever and, and Instagram. So um, oh, any, any supports would be greatly, greatly appreciated. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's great. I'm sure we've got a few listeners um, that would be very happy to help contribute. I know I um, used to work with a girl that's very passionate about orangutans as well. So I'll definitely be um, redirecting her to pop in over and see your page. So, yeah. So thank you so much for joining us today, Kristen. I've certainly learned so much about working 12-hour shifts and night shifts and and what it's like to work in the mining industry, of course, as well as the orangutans. And I'm sure our listeners have enjoyed it too. So, uh, Thank you for having me. It's such an honour. You're most welcome, most welcome. Look forward to catching up again soon when next time you're um, in Brisbane or at perhaps another conference. We do tend to bump into each other every now and then at conferences, don't we? <laughs> oh, thank you again. You're most welcome. So that's it for today's edition of the Healthy Shift Worker podcast. I'd love to hear your feedback and there are many ways you can do this via my Facebook page at The Healthy Shift Worker through my website, healthyshiftworker.com, or you can visit The Wellness Couch at thewellnesscouch.com and leave a comment there. If you enjoyed the show, please feel free to share it with other shift workers who, who you think may benefit, and you can also leave us a five-star rating in the iTunes store, which will help me to spread the healthy shift worker message to shift workers and organisations all around the world. If you'd like access to more free resources, including my newsletter, just visit my website, healthyshiftworker.com, and enter your name and email address. So thanks so much for tuning in and listening. Until next time, may you continue to be as healthy as you possibly can be despite working 24-7. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.